0: are you excited for the metaverse which one because there are going to be way too many for any of them to be what we've always dreamed about good morning good friday morning to you and happy weekend i'm shane satterfield from sifted and this is good morning gaming for april 8th 2022. If you'd prefer to consume the show the way it's intended, in a podcast feed so you can listen on your phone as you get ready for work or your commute, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. It's free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show Game Face by searching your favorite podcast service. Please give the show a review if you can. It can make a huge difference for us. So a couple months ago on Good Morning Gaming, I discussed the Metaverse and how it was not exactly shaping up to be what it's supposed to be, meaning there are just way too many in development. Epic Games has added to the pile today with its announcement that it will begin working on a Metaverse for kids with the Lego Corporation. Now, one thing I will agree on is that kids are probably going to need their own Metaverse. In fact, I'd prefer they get their own Metaverse because I don't want the metaverse I'm going to hang out in being populated by Teletubbies and Disney cartoons. Lego and Epic claim that they will form a family-friendly digital experience to provide minors the tools to become confident creators. That's a mouthful. Which makes it sound like Epic wants to create Roblox with Lego. The good news is that the well-being and safety of minors is a priority. Their privacy will be safeguarded, and children and adults alike will be urged to have control over their digital experience. Quote, just as we protected children's rights to save physical play for generations, we are committed to doing the same for digital play, said LEGO CEO Niels B. Christensen. So, all that sounds good, but it's easy to forget that Epic itself is working on another, more adult metaverse. And it's not alone. Microsoft, Meta, or Facebook, Google, Nvidia, Shopify, Roblox, Qualcomm, PlayStation, Niantic, Apple, Decentraland, and Amazon have all invested significant chunks of money into building one. But almost all of them are going to fail. The problem is that you need partners to make the metaverse work. You need vendors willing to sell things. You need a unified wallet to pay for everything. You need creators willing to create things that make up the metaverse But most of these companies lack the partnerships, consumer goodwill, creativity, hardware, and deep pockets required to make it a success. And you need all these things, not just one or a couple, all of them. Realistically, the only companies truly capable of doing it right are Apple, Meta, again, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, maybe Epic, and Google. Of those, only Apple and Meta have satisfied the hardware side of things, and Apple, while the kings of augmented reality, have yet to unveil any sort of headset or wearable. But its phones already do a great job with AR. Meta obviously has the Oculus headsets. You may say, hey, what about Sony with PlayStation VR 2? But the penetration for the first PlayStation VR was just 4% of the PS4's user base, which is nowhere near enough. Now also, I believe, it's starting to become clear why Epic has been so hell-bent on going after Apple, because they are ultimately going to be big time competitors in the metaverse. Choosing whether to go with VR or AR is also a big decision because that changes everything. Are you still a part of the real world while you're in the metaverse, that's AR, or are you completely closed off to the real world in the metaverse, that would be VR. For the record, Ken Kutaragi, the creator of PlayStation, is not a fan of VR at all, not even PlayStation VR. He says that anytime you put on a VR helmet, it's no different than being on an anonymous message board. So the the creator of the PlayStation is not a fan of the VR approach. So while Epic is smart to begin developing a metaverse for kids, which is something that has minimal competition right now, we're probably never going to see it realized as a unified platform for adults as it appears in science fiction like Ready Player One. There's just too much money involved, too many walled gardens, not enough vendors and talented content creators to go around, and quite frankly, far too many options and competitors. So what you're going to end up with is a collection of Metaverse I. I don't know if they've actually come up with the plural version of Metaverse yet, because that's an oxymoron. The Metaverse is supposed to encompass everything. But what you're gonna find is that there's going to be a dozen Metaverses, Metaverse I again, and they're all going to be gimped versions of what we expect them to be. And again, I really think the only companies capable of doing this are Apple and Facebook, because they have both the hardware. They have the relationships. They have people who are willing to trust their payment processes. All of that stuff ties into whether people are going to join up and be a part of the metaverse. And the hardware part is really the biggest part. And that is where Apple has a huge advantage. So many people have iPhones already. And if Apple can somehow figure out how to use those handsets to get people into its metaverse, it could be game over. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your sifts. After I recently went off about the lack of adequate pay for QA testers at major video game developers on GameFace this week, today Activision Blizzard has converted all QA staff to full-time and has set their hourly wage at $20. While this is still a pittance for employees that work on a product that will sometimes generate a billion dollars in profit after a few years of work, at least it's a start. And the only reason this happened is because the workers unionized. I wish they had held out for a little more, but it's better than nothing. If you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, today was a good day. Ubisoft's UNO game, yes, the popular card game, launched Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC today. This latest expansion is more than just a reskin, though. The board has actually become part of the gameplay, as you can collect treasure as you make your way around the map. Collect enough treasure, and you can buy a longboat that leads to battles against opponents. It's pretty wild, but if Uno isn't your gig, then how about Fortnite? Skins for both Ezio Auditore and the female version of Ivor have been added to Epic's Battle Royale shooter, but they'll set you back 1500 to $2,000 v bucks They're available now. The highly anticipated Metroid Dread game came and went without as much fanfare as we expected. Perhaps part of it is that updates have been slow to roll out. But version 2.1 is now available and it adds new options in boss rush you fight 12 continuous boss battles It aim for the best time possible in survival rush players see how many bosses they can defeat inside a five minute time limit and dread rush is the same as boss rush except samus can't take a single hit and best of all this update is completely free mlb the show 22 reviews are in and most critics agree that its gameplay foundation remains solid But there are tons of complaints about it being way too similar to last year's game. New additions include online cooperative play and a new broadcast team, but otherwise, the updates are minimal. Most reviewers agree that if you already have last year's game, you should take a pass on this season's outing. However, it is free to play on Xbox Game Pass. Its Metacritic average is currently sitting at 79. Reviews for the second Sonic the Hedgehog movie are also in, and while we reported that it's doing better than the first film financially, it's not getting warm warmer reception from critics. Its Metacritic average is sitting at 46 right now, and most critics complain that it's a two-hour movie that's about 40 minutes too long, and some of the innocent charm of the first film is gone. Other criticisms include too much dialogue and not enough action for kids, but most reviews agree that they'll still like it. If you've been waiting to play Cyberpunk 2077 until it was mostly fixed, as it turns out, you had the right tactic. And that's because the game is now for sale for just 5 bucks. Now, this price is for the PS4 and Xbox One versions, but you get free next-gen upgrades for both PS5 and Xbox Series X. The deal is going down at Best Buy, and it looks to have plenty of copies available. Being patient has truly paid off. GameStop and Amazon are also currently running buy-to-get-one-free deals on a number of new games like Elden Ring, Ghostwire Tokyo, and Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. The first big patch for Gran Turismo 7 went live today. The payouts have been boosted for campaign and online events, which should help with its stingy economy. New events have also been introduced, like big races at locations like Le Mans. New one-hour endurance events are now unlocked when you reach level 23, The in-game credit cap has been lifted, and more legendary cars are now listed in the auction house. But the big change that most are waiting for, being able to sell your cars, still hasn't been added. At least there's still something to look forward to. Pac-Man now has a new wife. And why is that? First of all, did you know that Miss Pac-Man was not created by the same people as Pac-Man? Bandai Namco was in negotiations with that group to purchase the royalty rights when it claims At Games stepped in and spoiled the deal. Not only that, At Games ended up purchasing the royalty rights instead, which made Bandai Namco very angry. So to avoid paying fees to this organization, the Japanese publisher has gone out of its way to replace Ms. Pac-Man with a new character named Pac-Mom in any games Ms. Pac-Man appears in. At Games is angry because it's obvious what Bandai Namco is doing and it's not getting paid. Bandai Namco just goes about its business and doesn't have to write any checks to a company it despises. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. to today's boss fight where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. Today Polygon did something that I don't think I've ever seen before. It published a re-review for Cyberpunk 2077, now if there's one game in the history of all games that probably deserves a re-review, it is Cyberpunk 2077. And so, I'm not here to begrudge what Polygon has done, I'm not here to criticize its editorial policies, or the fact that it basically gave CD Projekt Red a second chance to get it right. Or, did it? Now more than ever, reviewing games feels like a moving target. Back in the game trailers days, it was much easier. A game would come out, you'd review it, And that review was going to remain accurate for the foreseeable future. And in fact, probably accurate until the end of time. Now a game may get some DLC post-release that maybe could bump up the score a little bit, but a lot of times you're paying extra for that, so maybe you should just review the DLC on its own. So the longevity of reviews up until the last, I don't know, seven or eight years was pretty solid. But all that has changed because, one, we're seeing games released now that are unfinished or broken. It's not just Cyberpunk 2077. Tons of games are doing this. The GTA trilogy is probably the most recent and most egregious. You can even go back and look at games like Marvel's Avengers that launched in one form and then went through so many tweaks as the developers tried to find the right formula to make a game as a service a success. So games are a moving target now. It's very hard to write a review for a game now for some games. Now, there are still single-player games that are released where whatever comes out at launch is probably going to be the bulk of the game for all time. But with games as a service, and even some games that the expectations are really high and they're not met, they can change drastically from when they're released to a year later or two years later. Just look at Gran Turismo 7. We just talked about that a couple minutes ago here on GMG. It's already undergoing massive changes that if those changes were in the game just a few weeks ago when it launched, the reviews for that game would be a lot different. So that's a great example of just a few weeks later. Basically, the reviews for Gran Turismo 7 aren't all that accurate. So how do you deal with this? Giving a game a year or more, in the case of Cyberpunk 2077, to kind of fix its problems and then re-review the game and essentially give it another chance... That's huge. And believe me, CD Projekt Red isn't the only developer who sat and took notice of this today. Tons of other developers did. And I will say that this does open the door a little bit for other developers and other publishers to think to themselves, okay, if we have a four-year plan for this game or a five-year plan for this game, launch isn't as important now as it used to be. We can kind of get away with releasing something that's a little broken if publications as big as Polygon are going to give us the benefit of the doubt and re-review the game once we fix it. And again, I'm not trying to pile on to Polygon or criticize their editorial processes, I'm just stating the facts. Perhaps another reason why the traditional review doesn't hold as much water as it used to is because creating a video review takes so much work and planning. Going back and updating it and potentially losing all the SEO juice of the original review isn't something most websites or YouTube channels are willing to do. Now, this obviously works much better when you're a text-only publication like Polygon. Polygon does not create video reviews. So in Polygon's case, you can just amend the copy at the same URL that has generated all the SEO juice. So the re-review that was published today by Polygon is at the same URL as the original review that Google and all the other search engines have been pushing to ever since the game released. So it works okay for Polygon. If you do video reviews primarily, and you're re-reviewing a game, there's no way to place that video back in the same URL that is already generating all the search-related traffic. And at the same time, this is kind of a conflict of interest. You're essentially placing your search engine-generated traffic above the need to be accurate and serve your audience. And I'm as guilty as anyone. I can't tell you how many times I've thought, I was going to sit down and amend our game eval for Red Dead Redemption 2 to include Red Dead Online, and likely, drastically increase its score, but when the rubber hits the road, I know few people are going to read the eval again, and I end up prioritizing something else instead. It's complicated, and as games are becoming more complicated and they're evolving like an amoeba, it's hard to pin them down. If a game is taken to task for something, universally, meaning every review, every critic, every YouTuber, every Twitch streamer complains about the same thing in a game, they're going to change it. And suddenly you have all these reviews that may hinge on this one fatal flaw that are completely irrelevant. And this goes back to what I was saying in a prior episode of Good Morning Gaming about how the traditional review is becoming less and less relevant by the day. Because the traditional review, once you write it, it goes to Metacritic. It used to go to GameRankings.com. It goes to all these review aggregate websites where that score is set in stone. And that just doesn't work for video games in 2022. It just doesn't because games hardly ever stay the same anymore. It's both the blessing and the curse of the console hard drive. And this is why, unsifted. when we first launched, we did a lot of game evals. But as time has gone on, we have just done less and less. Because they just seem less and less relevant. Particularly, video game evals. Now, we did just do one for... last one we did was Resident Evil Village. And sometimes we just do them because they're fun. And we just want to show what we can do with our video evals. And that was really why we did one for Resident Evil Village. It's a very visceral game that lends itself well to things like video reviews and so we did do one but but that game is a generally linear single player experience there were tweaks made to it ultimately post-launch but for the most part that game has stayed the same and so video reviews for that game are still relevant for the most part but in general in 2022 the better way to evaluate games is on podcasts it just is and preferably with more than one person discussing the game That way you get multiple perspectives. A lot of times during the discussion, things that I think about a game can be changed or morphed by things that Matt says about the game. He can provide a different perspective on certain elements of a game, and I would hope that I do the same for him as we discuss things. And again, as a moving target, it's okay for us to talk about it now and say, this is what it's like on this date, and then come back a month. Two months, five months, in the case of Cyberpunk 2077, over a year later, and readdress it there. And it is hard to admit this because I think one of the things I'm most proud of is that I am one of the people who created the modern video game video review. The reviews that we created at Extended Play, before X-Play, and then we created X-Play, and then the reviews that I started doing at Game Trailers. That is how reviews are done now. Almost all of them so personally i hate to say something that i created and has been copied and is has been very successful across the years is no longer relevant but that's just the truth of the matter as games evolve the way that we cover games also has to evolve Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're there, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. And when you're done with that, head to Patreon.com/sifted and drop us a four dollar a month pledge. We'll be back on Monday, but until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another.